Welcome to the Naughty Child Podcast with me, Richard. And me, Polly. I'm the dad. And I'm the daughter. I did everything before I leave. I need to find that bag of Alex Hartley took us off air in Brighton earlier this year. I'm a huge fan of Pepper. We thought we were really funny, so why doesn't everyone else think we're really funny? It's been the longest year ever, hasn't it? She's the most relaxed captain you've ever known. She got me through my flight from Mackay to Adelaide, so thank you very much. Well, my dog is now called Julia Anderson. Oh, well, Manchester Originals aren't through to the Eliminators, so I've got to change the team. Yeah. Sophie Eccleston's the worst, like having a child with you when she's on tour. I don't know whether it shows something about me or whether it just shows I'm a little bit stupid. Polly, we're here to talk about Ireland. What a great week they've had. Yeah, it's been quite a big week for Ireland for a lot of reasons. Um, the big one today actually was that um, they're building a stadium um, for Cricket Ireland. Oh wow, in Dublin? I don't know where it's going. I think it's in Dublin. It's in part of the uh, like Sport Island complex. Uh, so there'll be a proper stadium rather than them having to use club grounds. That's amazing. I mean, that's a huge investment. Mm, yeah, massive. Um, but it it's a big step because, I mean, you think about the grounds they were playing at before, which which were fine in Belfast, Dublin and Derry. I think they had there were three different grounds that were certainly used for island women and also island men. But um, having an actual stadium... It's not only a thing about being able to get spectators, but the quality of the pitch. I imagine there'll be full-time staff you know, working on the ground and stuff like that. So that level of quality improves. Um, That's which amazing. Is, which is a massive, it massive feels deal. like globally mm. things are really moving in cricket. And out of all the bits of cricket, women's cricket is the bit that seems to be moving the most at the moment. Yeah, and I mean, Ireland has seemed to have, they've had quite a good year. I mean, both the men's and the women's teams and the men did really well at the World Cup. Um, and then this week, uh, Ireland secured the series over Pakistan. That was absolutely amazing because they played the ODIs mm. and really struggled um, uh, to start with. I think there was a bit of acclimatisation yeah. needed to go on. But really interestingly, the, when it came to the T20s, Ireland were absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I think it's it's partially the fact that they've played a lot more T20s than they have ODIs. Um, so they kind of know how to play T20s a bit better. But also, yeah, I suppose getting used to conditions um, is obviously very different from how rainy Ireland was last summer when they played the tri-series with Australia and Pakistan. So um, it's just something a bit different. But it was amazing. I think it was um, first overseas series win. Yeah, yeah, it, um, which is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. So who were the standout performers for Ireland during the, that T20 series? I mean, Gabby Lewis mm -hmm. was incredible. She got two half centuries, I think. Uh -huh. um, she was really good. Um, Arlene Kelly, very good. Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. Um, to be fair, I think the contribution contributions were quite widespread. Yes. Um, Orla Prendergast, yeah, she was, was really say, good. Yeah. Um, both bat and ball, I think she got 39 and then got three wickets yeah. or something like that in one of the games. So, um, yeah, but no, it was good to see, 
you know, lots of different people mm-hmm. contributing on different days. Um, but no, it, it looked like they had fun out in Pakistan and um, and really good to to get that series run ahead of a T20 World Cup um, where they'll face similar opposition to Pakistan. They're going to be a tricky side to mm-hmm. come up against in a T20 yeah. game, aren't they? Because they do have those performers mm. who can really pull it out of the bag on the day. Now, whether they can all pull it out of the bag on the same day, yeah. uh, we don't know. But if they do, then they could really take down one of the big sides. Yeah, and I think it's also lots of teams haven't come up against them yet. Mm. So it's that unknown. And I think, I don't I don't know if this will be the case, but for some teams there might be a bit of complacency in, mm-hmm. in a way um, because you think, oh, it's asylum, whatever. But... Um, no, that's quite exciting. One thing I did want to talk about with the World Cup, well, under-19 World Cup, is the disparity between the teams. Um, because I saw on Twitter, I think it was, um, one, I think it's the captain of the under-19 USA team, mm-hmm. was fundraising for the team to go to the World Cup. Okay. Because the USA cricket board aren't paying for it. Okay. Which means that the USA team are self-funding the World Cup. They're like their chance to go to the Under-19 World Cup. Where at the other end of that, you have England, who are in, like England Under-19s, who are in Loughborough every weekend, training. All their kit will be provided for them. The flights will be provided for them. They have a wealth of coaching staff. And lots of the girls have professional contracts. Yeah. And those teams are supposed to compete on the same level. Yeah, I mean, part of me thinks, I think it's fine, the USA. <laughs> they, they get so much, don't they, <laughs> funding for so much of their sport. Yeah. Um, but actually, the future of cricket mm. and the performance of USA cricket, mm. I think, are really closely linked together. Yeah. And I think having a strong and well-developed USA team yeah. can only be good for the world game and for the marketing of the world game and the future of the world game mm. and you know looking forward to the Los Angeles Olympics and exactly. and so on um so i'm slightly surprised at mm. that thinking maybe the icc ought to be supporting yeah. them a little bit more or mm. you know whether they at board i don't know if the board pay for the mm. men's team to go to the under 19s yeah. uh, or whether the men's team are good enough to qualify mm. for that i i don't quite know enough about that but it seems to me that the USA development of cricket mm. is quite a strategic importance. Yeah, and I think about um, women's football with this case because in terms of global development, okay, US, they're ranked best in the world, they're not. Um, that's very debatable. But the impact that the, the 1999 World Cup win had on glo- global football, but also US or US soccer... It was massive, and now that's become kind of a, a main sport for girls in the US. And you think, okay, well, women's cricket and men's cricket is on a similar level in the US at the moment. If US women could have that kind of step up, it could go on the same trajectory that the women's soccer team have had. Um, and so I think it's really important for for boards to back the teams, and I get like it's a lot of money especially with the US because a lot of them will live all over the country and if they want to have training camps they'll have to fly them um I remember I think it was Tara Norris who spoke Mm. to us about that and how expensive it is to get everyone in one place 
um, I suppose with England, it's, you know, maybe they get expenses paid for a, a two-hour car journey or whatever. It's, it's completely different to yes. a flight from one side of the country to the other. Um, but yeah, I was thinking about, well, how are these teams going to compete? And of course, in every tournament, you've got teams that are weaker than others, and that's important. But at the same time, I think there's going to be so much disparity between the two mm. that, I, I just, I don't know how it's necessarily going to work. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think the answer is we'll see. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, if anyone wants to donate to the yeah. USA team, I mean, if you if you it's Google them and... Somewhere on Twitter, I don't know, <laughs> under what handle. Um, uh, I mean, it may be, you know, just because of the nature of, of the USA, mm. then those people will be quite good at fundraising yeah. themselves. And we'll kind of step up to the challenge. Lemonade stands. When, well, yeah, <laughs> That's when, what I, I, think of. when I, I when I think of USA, I think yeah. of kind of people who are quite business savvy, yeah. and and so on. And maybe the cricketers are not all like that. Um, um, but I guess we're not talking about you know, a country like Rwanda, mm. for example, yeah. where raising a huge amount of money mm. would be just an impossibility yeah. because of the finances of that country. Mm. Um, within the USA, USA it's the American dream. It's the American dream, yeah. Yeah, pay your way to the, uh, to the world. <laughs> um, Want to quickly touch on some stuff from England now? Um, the Blaze. Sorry, what was that? The Blaze. <laughs> it's it's an interesting decision for a name. So, um, Lightning have obviously moved away from Loughborough gone up to Nottingham and they've been rebranded under the blaze um there was a bit of discussion if there was going to be a location attached to it potentially Trent but then obviously that's too similar to Trent Rockets and you can't really call a, a team East Midlands blaze because it sounds like a news headline um it just this, yeah and East Midlands really it, it doesn't flow it doesn't have a great sort of distinct identity anyway does or reputation <laughs> and clearly the, the places that do have an identity mm. would be nottingham mm. or leicester or derbyshire yeah. but you don't want to connect it to a county exactly because it's a regional yeah. side and that was the issue with having it left for lightning one yeah of them. so um i think a single word is probably the best thing yeah i mean <laughs> that i guess if you look at franchise tournaments across but the world like the, related you, to Either like weather or some sort of natural for me, <laughs> like you've got hurricanes, thunder, yeah. lightning, storm. What did they have at Fairbreak? It was like spirit. Um, spirit tornadoes. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's all kind of that sort of thing. I mean, it was interesting because the Wellington Blaze in New Zealand, the uh -huh. New Zealand women's domestic cricket. Mm -hmm. So some parallels there. There are no new names to choose. There, there are no new names. I mean, they could have done like hail, fog, mm -hmm. um, cloud. <laughs> uh, what else is that? Drizzle. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of other good wet snow. Sleet, sled. Was it sludge? Was it, what was it called? <laughs> slush. <laughs> slush. <laughs> the slush. The I slush know. puppies. <laughs> no, that would have been good. Because cricketers have a thing for dogs. So um, the slush puppies would have been great. Yeah. But I guess it just shows you what great names sporting teams have already taken up that they can't. Exactly. Preston North End, for Preston, example. Pre they couldn't have been called Preston North End. Um, Preston East End. <laughs> um, but yeah, also the logo is a little bit disappointing. They'll have paid a lot of money for that, I tell oh. you. 
I mean, they're sponsored by Adidas, which is someone has done some good work to get that. But um, from what I heard, they were trying to not go with Vipers colours, but they've just gone with Vipers colours. Okay. So, so there's going to be some sort of colour clashes when different teams. Yeah, play each other. because a lot of play, like a lot of teams now play in kind of orange and red colours. So you've got Sparks, Sunrisers, Vipers, and now the Blaze. So Western Storm stick out like a sore thumb, and Southeast Stars in their bright yellow. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting one. Uh, but they haven't announced their contracts. So. Oh wow. And it it was, it was almost one of those things on Twitter finding out about the Blaze like. You had to kind of look for it. Yeah. Um, like I think Nottingham, like the Nottingham account where it's like Trent Bridge put up a thing. And that was kind of it. Mm. Um, so there's been no sort of launch of any social media or anything from Lightning kind of passing the baton on. That's interesting. Um, I guess there's probably something very political about that, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because things like Lightning have mm. what, twenty thousand followers on Twitter. Yeah, because they've existed from the KSL days. Um, so what happens to that account, those followers? You know, yeah. is it just completely lost and everything starts from scratch? Yeah. And you know, will they get a blue tick? Oh, the drama of the blue tick. <laughs> um, so, so we wait to see. And, and yeah, in terms of squad, I mean, I guess we're assuming, aren't we, mm. that Georgie Boyce and Gwen Davis, who were there on loan yeah. earlier in the season. And are currently not, not contracted, contracted we'll to their former yeah. uh, regions. We, we'll yeah. be there, but we wait for confirmation yeah. of that. Um, and I suppose it's whether there are other players as well, if they announce their 10 in a block yeah. or or not. So, um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. Um, to briefly touch on WBBL, there have been two kind of massive performances from England players. Mm-hmm. Firstly, Alice Capsey, 80 from 52 balls, which was amazing. And I think. Um, it's, it's nice to see someone like her just showing the Australians how it's done and but instilling a bit of fear into them, I think. Single-handedly won that game as yeah. well, didn't she? Yeah. Um, and, you know, Melbourne Stars have not had a great no. uh, year, but that was a really, mm. really, really good win for them. And Sophie Eccleston, 47 from 25 at the end, um, had a great partnership with Erin Burns, which I believe Sophie Eccleston has... Caused some, some criminal damage to um to the ground by one of her balls went through a window I think into the dressing room. Wow! And there's uh yeah created a couple of shattered windows. <laughs> um, Absolutely amazing. But sent her team through to I think they've got through to the eliminator. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't the way they do the, like they have like a quarterfinal, semi-final, final sort of thing. Okay, it's a bit strange. Um, they're essentially they're out of the group stages, yeah. Um, like through to the next round. So City Sixers have been absolutely brilliant, yeah. haven't they? As we kind of expected, mm-hmm. um, because of Lottie, yeah. But and the recruitment that's gone on there mm-hmm. as well, and what performance by Eccleston, absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah, um, brilliant. It is great to see our players yeah. thriving, isn't it? And yeah. you know, and the Aussies, you know, not really knowing about Capsi, and mm. then she announces herself in that way. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, one thing I wanted to mention as well is the return of Helen Knight. Uh, so earlier in the week, I think it was ESPN and Crick Info put out an article. Um, they spoke to Helen Knight and she's like, I'm back, I'm ready for the West Indies series, which is a massive relief because we were chatting last week about the captain, who's going to captain, all this stuff. 
but to have Heather back is very reassuring. It is. And I guess the other thing they need to think about is vice captaincy and mm -hmm. succession planning. Yeah. And I guess that's a job for the new coach, yeah. whoever that is. Because they're not We in still don't right know. <laughs> and they leave for the West Indies in about 10 days and don't have a coach, don't have a team yet. So um feels like this tour has been a little bit, uh, I won't say rogue, just a, just a bit... Um, you know what I mean? Mm. Just almost out of the blue. Well, it's, it's been, we know, we've been knowing it's happening, but we just don't know the details for a it's, very long it's time. It's just really weird, isn't it? Because mm. if you look at the equivalent men's tour, yeah, it will have been marketed for months in advance. Yeah. There'll be holiday companies that yeah. would be, you know, selling package tours, yeah. with tickets for all the games and luxury hotels and mm. that sort of thing. Whereas there is no chance really of any fans going no. to this these games because they've only just found out where they are yeah so it's a little bit um a bit messy maybe i don't know um but anyway i'm trying to think if there's anything else we need to mention i just want to mention Polly. two weeks today is your 18th birthday oh. yeah it is <laughs> so first of december polly's 18th birthday so do send your <laughs> get your messages ready to send them uh through to her um that's just going to be amazing. I really don't think it is. To be I, fair. I, I think it's. I I don't. Like don't birthdays. snub the milestones. You know, you're yeah. like a batter. You've got to celebrate when you get to fifty. Yeah, when you get to fifty. Yeah. <laughs> Do, I would celebrate if I got eighteen runs. I would take my helmet off when that. Thank you. Thank you. I would truly celebrate. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm not really looking forward to it, but it's all right. At least I can vote. You can vote. Should we ever have an election should shortly? We, yeah, yeah, should we ever? Um, I think that's everything, though. So it's time to introduce our guest, then. Yeah. So the next three weeks, we've got three guests from the Irish team with three different accents. Yes, yes. So Arlene Kelly. Mm -hmm. the, sounds the most Irish out of all of them. You think, wow, she's going to be super Irish. She's born in New Zealand. She's got a Kiwi accent. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's played a lot of um, sort of senior cricket in mm -hmm. New Zealand, and uh, but yes, her how is it? Her mum's her from, mom. from Ireland, yeah. And um, so she, yeah, just got the opportunity to go to Ireland. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, she tells the story in, yeah. in the interview, and um, and I guess it what it says it's quite interesting, isn't it? Because mm -hmm. the Irish side is not made up of expats. No, it, it, at all, really. She, uh, she as, as far as I'm aware, the she's one, the only one, uh, but has felt very welcome there. Yeah. And um, and it seems to be quite a good move mm. bringing in someone of that he's, sort of experience. Uh, yeah, and I mean, she she's played with the likes of Katie Martin, Susie Bates, mm -hmm. like that world class experience to have someone like that brought into a side, which is a very quite a young team as well. Yeah, um, I think it's invaluable. Yeah. So here she is, Arlene Kelly. Well, uh, tell us a little bit where you are at the moment. We are currently in Lahore in Pakistan. Um, yeah, had our first game yesterday, which was really cool. Um, obviously, would have liked the result to be a little bit closer and probably in the other 
side of the coin. Um, but no, yeah, we go again tomorrow and really enjoying the experience so far. Wow. So what's Pakistan like? Yeah, it's been amazing so far. I'll be honest, we've gone from the airport to the hotel to the ground. Um, but from what we have seen on on those journeys to the ground, um, it's it's different to what I'm used to, that's for sure. But um, like also very fortunate because I wouldn't be here unless it were for cricket. So um, yeah, unreal to be able to see and experience uh, this country. Yeah, cricket takes you to some incredible places. <laughs> um, so what's your cricket story and how did you first get into cricket? Yeah, I was the classic um, in the backyard with dad and the brother. Um, my brother signed up for a cricket club, so I wanted to do the same. Um, and kind of just played boys cricket probably up until the age of about 14, 15. Um, at which point I transitioned over into the female game and played uh, women's cricket there. Uh, at that time was in, brought into the Auckland Pathways program, kind of went through the age group stuff, the under 15s, under 19s, um, and then into domestic cricket. Uh, and so this, I think, will be my 10th year of domestic cricket in Auckland. Uh, and funnily enough, in like, well, in this chapter of my um, cricketing career playing as overseas professional now, which is a bit of a strange, strange way to be going back. But um, yeah, pretty special experience nonetheless. Okay, so for those who don't know, you grew, you grew up in New Zealand, didn't you? And I did, yeah. Uh, so at what point did you uh, decide uh, that you'd play for Ireland? It was never really a decision, to be honest. I guess work-wise, um, after COVID and the lockdown of a couple of years, I, I wanted to travel a little bit. I guess I was at a point in my career where the next step up wasn't something I was extremely passionate about. So I thought um I've got an Irish passport go over see the family follow the summer round for a little bit play a season of cricket over here and then kind of reassess where I'm at um and that all kind of changed quite quickly um was involved in the super series competition was able to string together a couple of performances and then due to injury I guess an opportunity came about to be involved in the Irish setup and um I haven't looked back it's been fantastic so I guess yeah, the original plan was to come over, play a club season, do a bit of travel around Europe, and then head back in September, October. Um, but here I am in Pakistan. It's crazy how these things work out. I mean, what's it like for your family, I suppose, you, like the, the Irish family that you have, that you're you're playing for Ireland despite being born in New Zealand? Yeah, uh, it's really special. It's actually really cool. So when I made my debut in the series against South Africa, a couple of my cousins were able to actually come down to the ground and watch. And then the family back home, I think it was at an ungodly hour, about two or three in the morning, um, they all got up to watch. So no, they're extremely proud. They know the years, I guess, of sacrifice and commitment that have gone into cricket and how much I love the sport itself. Um, so yeah, they're just thrilled to see me getting an opportunity to do what I love. So so I guess growing up, you played alongside and against some of the top, top New Zealand international players that we that we know so well now. Yeah, and I think upon reflection, I've been in a very fortunate position because having been involved in that setup and getting to play alongside, um, yeah, like you say, some of the world's best players, I'm now able to bring those experiences and that knowledge into this environment, which is probably a younger group um, full of immense potential, which is really exciting. But uh, yeah, for me to be able to come in and 
share that knowledge and those experiences, I think will be invaluable. Yeah, we've enjoyed having Kiwis on the podcast in the past, haven't we? We've had uh, Susie Bates and Katie Martin was just hilarious, <laughs> absolutely brilliant. Uh, she's good value, isn't she? <laughs> okay, so um, you you played, uh, was it yesterday, against Pakistan in the first in the first game? You got another one tomorrow. Um, didn't go completely to plan. I think it would be the best way of summing, summing it up. Yeah, a uh, historic occasion, I guess, being the first women's team um, or first Irish cricket team to play in here. Probably not the start that we would have wanted, but also, I guess, a good challenge for us and a good chance for us to adapt to new conditions. Um, obviously, you want to be playing against some of the world's best, and so for us to have this opportunity um, here and moving forward, uh, it's definitely something that we're going to look to come back stronger tomorrow I know that sounds like a cliche but I mean we've reviewed um yesterday's game um and yet we'll definitely look to come out and probably execute our plans a little bit better um and adapt to to different conditions over here now when you say you reviewed yesterday's game it's the sort of thing that professional sports people say to us all the time we think no idea what that means do the coaches make you sit down and watch the whole 50 overs of, of their innings all the way through and see uh, Sidra, I mean, hit 176 not out. Or is it? Yeah, we were up at 3 a.m. this morning watching. No, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's um, cricket, it is a team sport, but there's a lot of individual um, processes, I guess, that go on within that. So I guess individually we reflect and then come together as a team and I guess discuss the style of play and, and how we want to go out tomorrow. Yeah, and of course, it's great prep for the World Cup because you're going to be coming up against teams, a similar standard to Pakistan and also ab above that. Um, so, you know, do you think, again, also in the summer you played against Australia, do you think all these things are just going to strengthen the team ahead of the World Cup? Oh, I think it's massive. Um, yeah, you want to be playing against the world's best. You want to be better in yourself um, regularly. So I think, yeah, for, for what is a young group to be, put in those scenarios and be asked to adapt and, and come up against those challenges. Um, it's exactly what you want. And hopefully as the season progresses, um, we'll be on the, the right end of those sorts of games. Yeah. Now, are you due to play New Zealand in the World Cup? No, unfortunately not. Uh... Well, unless you get on to the semi-final, maybe, or exactly right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just wondered if they might give you a bit of a bit of stick if you ended up playing New Zealand at some point. Yeah, like I'd love it on the one hand, but then it'd also be a good challenge on the other, you know. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I had a question, I suppose, about culture because you've you've obviously grown up in New Zealand, you've got Irish family, but coming into the island team was it kind of difficult I suppose using different slang or whatever and things like that and and getting used to being in a, a team environment whose culture is probably quite different from back in New Zealand in all honesty no it felt seamless um I think and credit to the girls and the management staff um like I felt like I've been here longer than a couple of months um I guess from a cultural side, mum is still very Irish, like even in her accent and all that sort of stuff. So some of the lingo I was already used to from back home. Um, but no, I think the the cohesion within this team is very special. Um, culture is very strong. So they made my life very easy. Um, like, 
yeah I was given a bit of stick but that's a great sign I think coming into a new team that's what you want and that's um yeah they they've allowed me to just come in be myself and I think that's allowed me to to just play as good a level of cricket as I can now you're you're an all-rounder of course so um would you say that you're a bowler who bats quite well or a batter who bowls decently you're too kind. Um, <laughs> I would say I'm more of a bowler who bats. Mm -hmm. okay. yeah, uh, because uh, thinking back to uh, September and going in, in uh, Abu Dhabi, the qualifiers for the uh, for the World Cup, you put in some really important bowling performances uh, in that tournament. Thinking particularly of the USA game, uh, but also in the in the crucial semi final as well, uh, getting two important wickets um, in that game. How did it feel to be part of that tournament? Yeah, that was pretty special. Um, and I guess, like you've touched on there, probably bowling more at the back end of a game is something that I've probably not previously done. I think my role more so in Auckland was swinging the ball early on. So to be able to to develop those skills and have the added responsibility is definitely something I've really enjoyed. Um, yeah, and as soon as that ball hit the ground when when they when Zimbabwe needed six to win, uh, it was pretty special. And it's it's those are... I guess those are the reasons why you play cricket. You got to enjoy those successes when they do come, because we all know um, you're going to fail more than you succeed in cricket. So no, it was a, a, an amazing tournament, um, something that's really special to be a part of. And now we're really looking forward to the upcoming World Cup. And would you say the Irish team are quite good at celebrating? Did I say that? <laughs> no, no, no. I just, I'm just wondering if, <laughs> if when I think about. I, I, when I think about Irish sport, actually, I think about having a culture of celebration it is is one of the sort of values I, I would attach to that. Would you say that that's quite a strong thing within the Irish team compared think, to Auckland, or is it is it a universal thing? I'd say it's probably universal, isn't it? I mean, if you've just qualified for a World Cup, <laughs> you want to enjoy it. But I think, to be honest, we were also realistic in that we had another game to play. Um, so, yeah, we, we definitely enjoyed... The success that we had but um yeah we were conscious that there was another game to be played and what are the differences you, you've noticed between domestic cricket in New Zealand and in Ireland I think there's well with cricket being a bigger sport in New Zealand there is a, a, a lot more depth um but I don't think Ireland are far behind that either I think obviously both from a men and women's side there's been a lot of recent investment in um, I think the awareness is growing. So um, over the next couple of years, I think the game's tracking in a fantastic direction. So um, depth, depth would probably be the biggest factor at this point in time, but I'm excited to see where that moves in future years. It strikes, strikes me, actually, it's about developing star players as well, isn't it? And if, if you can suddenly have star players that are impacting the global game and then start building a team around those players, then that's going to have a people in Ireland are going to start noticing more, aren't they? So thinking of someone like Gabby Lewis, who's, you know, developing a profile within franchise leagues, and then in the Irish men's team as well, you know, Sterling and Little are, are sort of sort of becoming big global stars now, aren't they? Um, and so you can see if that, if that develops, then there could be a kind of snowball effect for participation within, within the whole country. Hugely. And yeah, I think we're going to see more and more franchise cricket as the years go on. So um, the more experience, like I say, we have playing against these top teams, um, the more awareness we can build around the game, then I think that's only a positive thing.
Yeah, you mentioned mentioned franchise leagues. You know, would you like to come over to England and play in the hundred, or or go to the WBBL, or obviously in uh, India they're starting the Premier League there, and got the Pakistan League, and it's endless. There's so many different leagues now. Yeah, absolutely. Like I love learning, learning more about cricket, learning more about my own game. So I think any of those opportunities. Um, are fantastic but in the same breath if you had told me six months ago that I'd be sat here in Pakistan playing international cricket for Ireland I probably would have laughed so I'm just going with it going with the flow at the moment see what's around the corner but um, yeah I, I do think it's over the next couple of years we're going to see a lot more of that happening. Yeah and of course you played all around the world and what's probably your like your top ground that you've ever played at? Good question um it is I it is hard to look past Eden Park, having been born and raised in Auckland. Um, we had the chance to play out there domestically on the number one stadium, which is predominantly for uh, for rugby, sorry, but we got to play a game out there. Um, so that was pretty special. And I'd say that'll be up there with the top for me at the minute. Wow. wow. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good Have one. you ever played uh, uh, the ground in Queenstown? Because I've only like heard good things about that. And it just looks so beautiful. Yeah, we have been lucky enough to play a couple of games there. I think we actually have another one um, this summer coming up, but it is, it's gorgeous. I I know, I remember clearly there was one ball where I was fielding on the drive and just as the bowler was running and a plane was taking off in the background and like, I'll be honest, I'm glad they didn't hit the ball to me because I'm not sure I would have been able to stop. I was slightly distracted, but no, it is, it's stunning. Um, yeah, there are some beautiful grounds in New Zealand. How do you kind of balance your schedule with obviously playing for Ireland, but then also playing domestic cricket in New Zealand? Yeah, well, I guess the plan was never really to play for Ireland. So uh, when I came over in May, I was always intending on returning September, October to then play another domestic season. Um, but Cricket Ireland have been great um, in understanding that, well, I needed to go back because I had some loose ends to tie up anyway, but also... Um, I guess leading into a, a T20 World Cup, if I am able to play T20 cricket in the Super Smash in New Zealand, then I think that's probably a fantastic lead-in um, to that tournament. So, yeah, fair play to them. They've been great in in adapting and communicating all, around all of this. Yeah, and um, recently the professional contracts were announced for Ireland for the, for the first time, which is amazing. I mean, what has that contract done for you in terms of making a difference in, you know, a professional yeah, it's been huge. Um, probably up until this point, it had been like trying to manage two full-time jobs. We're up in the morning, go to the gym, do a full day's work, go to cricket training. So I think um, the time to then do those small one percenters, make sure you're getting your sleep, you're doing your recovery, you're eating well. Um, it, it's more that side of things where you've really been able to take advantage of, of that time. Um and even having a bit more downtime to kind of switch off from cricket almost. So I think they have, they have made a massive difference. Um, and I feel extremely fortunate and privileged to be in the position to take up one of those contracts. It is, it is amazing, isn't it? You know, because it's happened all so quickly in many ways. And the youngsters coming into the game at the moment don't quite understand the, um, the kind of difficulties and the sacrifices that, that the generation just above them has, has had to do. We did an extraordinary interview this week, didn't we, with um, with Laura, who was talk, talking to us, uh, Laura Harris, who was actually just finishing a night shift at hospital where she works as a nurse and then was going straight on to WBBL training afterwards. 
again it's just it's extraordinary isn't it so she's that generation just just above but and then you've got kids coming in age 16 17 18 who are now getting professional contracts straight away it's 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 an incredible transformation of the game yeah it is and it's I think well deserved like we have played for the love of the game for so long so I think um to see this investment being made to see that young girls now have the opportunity to make a career out of a sport that they love um is fantastic thank you so much that is absolutely amazing Arlene and uh, we want to wish you all the best for uh, this tour and for tomorrow's game go and get a win on the board thank you very much guys cheers That was brilliant, Paul. And it was amazing that she was sat there in Lahore talking <laughs> to us. And uh, yeah, just, you know, all that security around mm. her and everything that was going on there at the time. And uh, but yeah, what uh, an amazing tour Ireland had. And um, yeah, it was great to actually be right in the middle of the camp there, mm. uh, wasn't it? And, and be able to speak to Arlene and one or two others. In fact, we're going to hear from a different one of them next week, aren't we? Yeah. So um yeah, as we say, we've got another guest next week. I think we'll keep it a secret. We'll announce it at some point next week. Get your guesses. Is, Pardon? You've forgotten who it is. No, you? I know who it is. <laughs> no, don't say that. You know you sound like no, I do know who it is because I edited the interview earlier today. Oh, you, you're such a proud dog. Yeah, exactly. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, so we'll be back next week with the guest who I know the name of. <laughs> Um, but in the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram, which is Naughty Child Podcast, and Twitter, which is Hello Child Podcast. <laughs>